Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, before we start, let me make sure I get some thank yous in to some of our patrons. Yeah. Because I totally didn't get around to it in the past week or something. <laughs> uh, Tim P, Rob M, Bart S, Doc K. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, for your guys. Help. We appreciate it. Where would you like to begin? The happy stories? The sad stories? Okay. I think it's really important for my mental health to start, <laughs> like, start sad and, like, end happy. Okay. Let me... You know what? It's been a rough couple of weeks. Something of an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> so let's, like, let's end on a high note. Okay. We'll end on a high note. Here is... Uh, We'll, we'll end with Ted Cruz. Let's do that. Yes. <laughs> that's too entertaining. Oh, it's too much. We'll I come love back it. to it. Like we're just living in an Onion article. <laughs> we are. Okay. Uh, let me start with this story that yeah. happened in Australia. There was a Presbyterian church okay. and a straight couple. I don't know their names, but they wanted to get married at a Presbyterian church. Okay. They had a minister, his name Stephen North, who was going to officiate the wedding. Cool. And I guess what happened is after they agreed to this... How how early in advance do you need to book a minister to do a wedding? Because it's not like I don't like, know. My friend married me and Mikey. <laughs> Your friend married uh-huh. you and Courtney. But I think it's like, what, at least six months, if not yeah. a year in advance. It's I feel a like long it's the time. same thing as like booking your venue, right? Yeah. You just you want to lock do down that. While. Especially if it's like a Saturday in June or exactly. whatever the equivalent of June is in Australia. I know it's still <laughs> June, but I meant the weather. They don't celebrate June in Australia. <laughs> So Stephen North <laughs> said yes to this wait, couple. Wait, super quick pause. When I was in Australia the first time, it was over Christmas, and they had all the Christmas decorations up, and even though it was the middle of fucking summer, all of, like, the Christmas... De- it w- there was, like, a chimney with, like, snow on it. Like, it was still snow-themed, yeah. but it was 95 degrees outside, and, like, Santa Claus was still in his little wool suit. Oh, anyway, continue. That's adorable. Go ahead. I want to visit. Oh, it's the best. Road trip. I don't know how that works, but it will make it happen. <laughs> so okay. this minister says, yes, I'll do your wedding. Yes. And then the minister, I don't know if he's like stalking this couple or oh. he's just trying to find out more about them so he could write something decent. Sure. But he finds out that the bride posted something because we talked about this before. Australia's trying to figure out they're trying to do gay marriage, same sex marriage. <laughs> And they're right now dealing with... <laughs> Political commentary uh, from Hennett. You're welcome. They're doing gay marriage. <laughs> they're going through the Postal Blabba site where people have to like fill in their ballot over the mail to say, hey, Parliament, get yeah. on this. And maybe Somebody it'll emailed us and legalized. tried to explain what was going on, and I still do not <laughs> understand. Yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah. But um, this bride, in response to all the discussion about same-sex marriage that's going on, she posts on Facebook... I know it's not something everyone's going to agree with me on, and that's fine, but, quote, this is what I stand for Uh in support of it, in support of same-sex marriage. (laughs) This is what I stand for, and frankly, it doesn't affect my relationship with my partner one bit. Basically saying, this is why I'm totally fine with marriage equality. So she's, like, super dope and cool? Yes. And so she posts that. a regular human opinion. Uh Uh-huh, and it has a heart. Uh Uh-huh. 
And then she hears from the minister. No. By continuing to officiate, it would appear either that I support your views on same-sex marriage or that I am uncaring about this matter. As you know, neither statement is correct. Would it, sir? Is that how that works? <laughs> and then he went on. If the wedding proceeded in the Ebenezer St. John's Church... Wait. Uh, the we're same inferences... S- we're not going to skip over the fact that a church is called Ebenezer St. John. Many of them. That that there feels like than- a character I would have made up in high school if I was <laughs> written, writing like Dickensian-inspired fiction. Faith fiction. <laughs> um, the same inferences, if you had the marriage in the church, uh-huh. people would think that about the Presbyterian church. Such inferences would be wrong, he said. Which is weird because... Even Catholic that couples that go through the counseling with the church ahead of time and they want to get married in the church, I promise you not all of those couples agree with the church on every single thing. So the question is, like, why is this the one that he drew the line yeah. on? But I I'm will, just saying, I mean, people break the rules. I have been to a rules. Catholic wedding wherein one of the members who was getting married was gay, was not gay, was um, an atheist. And also, fun story, the priest or pastor? Yeah. Got his name clean wrong. Oh, there you Colin go. Brian. His name is Eric. <laughs> oh, not even so close. close. So close. But white the point guy is, name. like, do you have to agree with every single thing the church stands for if you want? No. Yeah, that's definitely a where do you draw the line sort of jam. I part of me goes both ways on this because this pastor, like, don't tell a couple that you've already said yes to that you're not going to do their <sighs> wedding because I don't know how soon it yeah, was. Yeah, I feel close like that would date. be something you do up front of yeah. like if it matters that much to you here's it should... the checklist of things right. you have to agree to right but he didn't he did it later and then the second part is if that's one of the deal breakers why does this couple want to get married in that church there are yeah. other options yeah i mean ugh. somebody they coming don't... from like two sides of a very catholic family on my husband's and my side like family pressure goes a long fucking way that said i don't know anything about presbyterianism um, I don't know if they're... in this case they're conservative on a lot of social issues anyway. Yeah, but what bothered that me is fucking sucks. It does suck. Now the good news is they found another venue. They found another person. I think a retired oh, yeah, minister uh-huh. to do the wedding. So their wedding went off without a hitch. Great. Sure. But going back to this issue of how much of their stuff do you have to agree with for the pastor to the minister to say, yes, I'll perform your marriage, and for the couple to say, I want to get married here. Like, if you don't agree with what the Presbyterian Church Mm. is preaching, why is this so important to you? Is it just family pressure, which is what you're kind of getting? Yeah. Is that the issue? I don't, I don't know. That when, would be my, or, or, I mean, just because you believe in a, in a faith doesn't necessarily mean you believe in every single tenant of it. And, you know, maybe, maybe the gay marriage thing isn't a deal breaker. For me, it super would be, but like, I'm not here to, to talk for anybody else. Yeah, they else. didn't care also, what the church teaches. Planning a wedding is such a fucking nightmare <laughs> that you're ready to just appease anybody That's, for any reason. That is fair. Um, also, I'm. A minister, do you think that's valid in Australia? Because I'll come... Oh, they already got married? They already got married. But there are, I think, secular options there, too. I don't know... Off the top of my head, I don't know what all the rules are. But it's not like you have to get married in a church. There are other options there. But I'm saying me, personally, if I fly to Australia, can can Jessica personally marry them? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Australia, help us out. Yeah. Uh, That'll be our tour. Oh, we can just officiate weddings all around (laughs) the world. (laughs) Oh, that would be so fun. We can do seven continents of weddings. This is a church, by the way, this Presbyterian (laughs) church, that is very vocal about encouraging members of the congregation to vote against marriage equality in the upcoming thing. So, again, I don't know why you want to get married in there, but after you've gotten a yes from them, 
Oh. Now, I'm, I mean, yeah, that that's really shitty, and I'm sorry that happened. I'm sure that caused a ton of stress. I can't imagine something like that happening. Um, also, I'm still fucking baffled that this church is like, no, 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 we're going to stand against this gay marriage thing. This is definitely the hill we're going to die on. Yes. Like, it just, I know I say it every week, but, like, guys, whew, you lost this one. <laughs> Pack it up. Right. You're, you're not winning anything here. As one commenter said about this uh, church, the word Ebenezer fits perfectly because it's <laughs> old and out of touch. Ebenezer is such an excellent name. Yeah, and Scrooge also would fit perfectly. So, okay, there's Ebenezer that story. St. John. <laughs> Let me tell you about evangelical Christians for a bit here. Cool, 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 cool. Um, we know that for a long time, one of the things they love to say about their positions is that they're always consistent. They always believe what the Bible says, no matter how culture changes. Does that sound familiar? Uh-huh. Like, we believe Conser- the book of Genesis. The literal word of conservatism kind of <laughs> covers that. Yeah, exactly. So they believe in Genesis. They don't care what science says. Mm-hmm. At least certain factions of the evangelical world. Mm-hmm. They hold to traditional marriage mm-hmm. or their version of it. And even though that's changed over time. But that's why they oppose marriage equality. Right. Okay, but that's the one thing. We're, we're consistent. That's what they're saying. Sure. But the thing is, they're, they're not consistent. What? I know. They haven't, haven't. been. The church? The church. They were racists, like Bob Jones University we've talked about before. They, sorry, are you saying that in the past tense? Which part? I don't even... The, they, they were racist? Oh. They were <laughs> racist, because I don't know if they are now, but... They certainly were They're the, the ones who said you can't date interracially on campus. Oh, on our, yeah. That didn't change until 1990. Nice. Yeah, like, so, uh, was it 90? Or maybe 2000. I, it was recent. The fuck up. Like, I think George W. Bush, like, it happened during his time that they finally How? got rid of that. Oh, my God. So, but that's, that's a policy that a Christian college held to. Yeah. Um, we also, they were against, in some cases, civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Granted, there were religious leaders who fought for civil rights, but some of the opposition to it yeah. came from religious side, too. We talk about abortion. This is interesting. One of my Pathios colleagues, uh, Fred Clark, who writes at Slacktivist, he's been pointing out passages from like a 1975 book on Christian ethics written by a Christian apologist. And one of the fascinating things Fred points out is that in that book, like this textbook Uh of Christian ethics, they kind of have a whole section on when abortion is permissible. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Really? There are certain cases. And it's not just in the case of the life of the mother. But there are other instances. Like time constraints or like, oh, you're not married kind of thing. I don't remember all the specifics, okay. but it goes beyond just life of the mother or um, other. Non-viable. Or... Yes, exactly. It goes beyond that. So there, there was a case to be made, a Christian case to be made that, okay, abortions could happen. Right. And then clearly the culture shifted and social conservative moved along with it. That passage no longer appears in the book. Uh-oh. It changed. No. And yeah. And Christians no longer cite that edition of the book because it's old and they don't believe that stuff anymore. Super cool. But here's uh, where this is going. An article in the New York Times came out this week and they cited uh, a poll that came out by the Public Religion Research Institute that was talking about what do you think about a president's private morality, like what they do outside of office. Does it matter when it comes to electing a president? And when Barack Obama was getting elected and they did this survey, um, they said something like uh, 30 percent, 
of white evangelical Protestants, okay. that big demographic, yeah. 30% of them said, and a president who committed an immoral act in private okay. could be ethical in office. Very could, few of could yeah, it be ethical. Okay. Yeah, so basically, so very few of them are saying, "Look, if you were doing bad things before you were president, right. you're going to do bad things when you're president." And like, I should judge you based on what you did in your private life when I go to the ballot box. Right. And thirty percent of them said that in 2011. God, that's so loaded, isn't it? Because <laughs> really? like talking about like. Did you do something ethical? Like, okay, he smoked cigarettes. I guess that's unethical. Versus, like, murdered a dude. Like, there's, Yeah, there's a difference in yeah, what constitutes immorality yeah. here. But the interesting is by interesting thing is by 2016, uh-huh. that 30%... What happened in 2016? Uh, guess what happened? <laughs> what didn't happen in 2016? <laughs> that number skyrocketed to, uh, skyrocketed to 72%, where they say, okay, sure, you did wrong things in your life beforehand, but you know what? I'm sure you'll be fine once you're in office. Jeez. 30% to 72%. The increase and the number itself were larger for white evangelical Christians than any other religious demographic. So back to your point, Jess, what changed in that time? Hmm. Wait, let me think. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to think long and hard about this. Well, I got a different job. That, do you think that's, that could be it? That's not what changed the numbers. Oh, it's not? Okay. No. Um, I can't think of anything. I know. Nothing else happened in 2016. No. But it's just an amazing reversal. And again, I've seen people jokingly this... say like, well, I guess the president got a little paler. That yeah, might have something thing. to do it's, with it. It's such flagrant <laughs> fucking racism that it's, Part like, of that. It's so embarrassing that they're so like, no, that's not it. It has nothing to do with that. Like, it's just this, and I don't know, and I still don't know if it's, if if it's subconscious or like he is black, therefore and, probably a bad guy. And again, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt here. I think it's You're more so nice. that he You're was so a much de- nice he was a Democrat me. and Trump's a Republican, so he's their party. But all of a sudden, mm. the guy from your party who has done all these supposedly immoral things according to your beliefs, right. now you don't care because you know he'll give you what you want. Yeah, I'm actually, I would actually be interested to look at like, not even major party nominees, but like kind of front runners and look at, because I'm thinking of obviously your Donald Trumps, your Newt Gingrich, yeah. who famously have been married multiple times a half a dozen times between the two of them and i'm wondering and i can think of what um edwards who john, left, edwards, john edwards the democrat the democrat left his dying wife or something not super great. he had his but own I problems can't think of, i can't think of a ton of democrat i guess really well, in my adult life it's mostly i mean been. there's uh, uh anthony weiner too who's committed all sorts of things but here's the thing none uh, of them are yeah, going that's around a good point. that's a good point the democrats They're usually aren't going around mile, telling the moral high ground yeah we're not the more moral we're not going to tell you what to do in the bedroom or not do in the bedroom that's a republican thing uh katha pollitt the author she's at the freedom from religion foundation mm-hmm. conference this weekend one of the things she said that i uh people were quoting it on twitter i just loved it um she says it's astonishing. The least religious president ever mm-hmm. is courting the religious right to create a theocracy. Isn't that Christ. the entire administration in a nutshell? It really is. And I mean, it, the right, the so-called moral right, this religious right, they lost any semblance of a moral high ground. There, there's, no, there's no fucking way they can pretend that it's about anything other than like, 
fucking over poor people and gay people and women and people of color. Because no, like, even in your most generous paintings of Donald Trump, even if you're giving him every benefit of the doubt, he has still done some objectively garbage things. Like, he is objectively a bad dude. Yeah, I mean, in business, he's a bad dude. He's not good at his job. He's not good at his job. Um, he's The way he's conned people, people he, defrauded people. He's a bad guy. And the broken he's, promises, the racism, the sexual right. assaults, the bigotry. I mean, and he's and and he's pretending to be Christian, which like anybody with like two, like their wits about them can see that he's bullshitting on that. And so this this don't you feel like the right is playing this big charade of like. They know, they have to know that Trump is in no way a man of God and certainly not moral in any way. But they have these married goals of, well, fuck brown people. So, like, the enemy Or that man- they don't care enough that, I think the overarching principle, it's not so much the fuck brown people. It's more of the, Trump will give us the anti-abortion judges we want. He will appoint them. I don't know if it's even that. And I think that's what they want more than anything else. And they will let everything else slide. Because I don't think they care. I mean, I think there's a lot of evangelicals who can make the case for why you should keep the DACA uh, kids here. Why you should not. But wait, when you say that, are you saying like um, uh, politicians are are yoking themselves to him? Because in my head, I'm thinking about like just Joe Schmo on the street. I think Republicans are yoking themselves to him because they think they can get what they want from him. Ultimately. They can pass They're their tax the cuts. Game. They'll Yes. And they'll get their whatever big issues, tax cuts that they want to get. Trump will sign off on it because he doesn't know anything about these issues. So but, if they give it to him, he'll say, all right, I'll sign it. Look, I did something. No, but I'm thinking of like just Christians who live in the South who aren't politicians. I do, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not giving them enough credit, but I don't think they're saying... Oh, if we just elect Trump, he'll definitely like take care of the Supreme Court. Like that doesn't feel like a because I feel like a lot of those votes for Trump were very emotional. I think I would differentiate between those people uh who who may not care necessarily about abortion and only abortion Uh versus the Christian right leaders who Mm -hmm. run these large organizations Uh, who know who know the who know all the things that are going on. They they know enough about the the game. Yes, and they have the power to do that. For them, the abortion issue matters more than anything. And they know that Trump will play that game with them. So they will pretend he is the best evangelical or that he's learning, even though the evidence points the other way. They will deal with the bigotry and the white supremacy and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. They'll put up with it because he's giving them the judges. And you know what? He's done it. Not just Neil Gorsuch, but he's given them the federal judges. He's appointed, or nominated anyway, so many of them, and they're horrible. One after the other, they are very much like the judicial activists that we always hear about. Mm -hmm. They want that. And what's stunning to me is like, okay, the numbers that came out after the election, 81% of white evangelical Christians supported Trump. 81%, like higher than any demographic um, I think minus like black Protestants who went in Hillary's direction. Uh, but when you look at some of the things where you talked about, they lost their moral authority. There are some evangelical leaders who are totally not on board with the Trump train. And you think you would think these people can be the voices of reason mm-hmm. in that community. And they're not like, just to take one Russell Moore, who runs like a, a part of the Southern Baptist Convention's like ethical arm. Mm -hmm. He is a big voice in that community. He has fervently been anti-Trump. 
And then this is the guy who signs like that Nashville statement against Ugh. LGBT people. Right. So like you're not reasonable. There's no reason I should look up to you or think of you as a credible person right. on morality because you're a horrible person otherwise. So I've actually been thinking about this a lot um, with regard to the abortion thing specifically and sort of science in general. And we talk about, I think there's conversations that are had frequently of like, oh, if somebody doesn't believe in X, whether it's evolution, whether it's like the fact that the earth is fucking round or whatever. And I think there are people who are willing to dismiss that of like, oh, they have kooky beliefs or whatever. And I think there's an argument to be made that when we elect these anti-science people and anti-reason anti people, not only are we dealing with like the environmental repercussions, right, or the you know teaching kids science in our class repercussions, but when you have somebody who hears scientific studies and just is able to completely dismiss them out of hand, I think that's where we end up with this, these kind of draconian, draconian abortion laws. Because, in, correct me if I'm wrong, abortions dropped under Obama oh, dramatically. Yeah. Because pr time and time again, we've proved the things that reduce abortions are education and contraception. And access to all of that access stuff. To, Obama to gave them access to birth control. And lo and behold, abortion went down. Mm -hmm. And so when you have somebody who's like, oh yeah, these scientists say that the earth is however many years old, but I think it's only 6,000 years old. They are will like there is nothing I can say. There's nothing anybody anybody can say. Be like, look at these num like look at how <laughs> the world looks. If you follow Obama's policies, abortion will go down. Right. They're predetermined not to follow because that line they've of decided thinking. what they believe in, mm -hmm. and that's it. And like it's the funny thing is Obama was a Christian. He was proudly a Christian. He could cite the Bible. Right. He could talk about it. Um, but they're going with the immoral, unprincipled racist because he treats them and gives them the lip. He treats them well, gives them the lip service they want, well, and appoints the judges they want. Like oh my God. they're siding with him. Okay, I just thought of a metaphor, and I want you to go with me because this might be the dumbest thing I've ever said. Go for it. Okay, you know the movie Casablanca. Yes. Have you seen it? I no. have. What? I know it's been a long time. Okay, so the lead actor is Humphrey Bogart, I think. Sure, go for it. You have a computer, look it up, make sure I'm right. Uh -huh. uh, so there's a scene toward the end um, where Humphrey Bogart is like looking, or whoever the, God, I hope it's him. It is. is. Yes, fuck yeah. Go down downstairs and tell Mikey I did good on movies. Um, <laughs> whatever, he's watching Batman versus Superman downstairs. It's the he's same thing does as not get to What's your me. metaphor? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, sorry. I, it's been a long week. So there's a scene where he's looking over the balcony and it's supposed to be this like meaningful, it's a swell of music. He's watching, I think, Ingrid Berman leave for, or something like that. And it's supposed to be this moment of like, oh, all of his feelings. And what the director said to him when he was direct, and this could be apocryphal, but <clears> it's an interesting story. What the director said to him was, just look completely blank. Make your face look as blank as possible and people will project their mm. own feelings onto you. And my metaphor is this. When Trump talks, he barely says words. <laughs> and I feel like there's an element of that that's like people just 
pull out what they want to hear. That's or they why like, white supremacists can say he's talking to us. Yes. Even though Trump is saying, no, I didn't no, say that. No, I never that. talked to you. But I think it's the same idea that people are so willing to project their own views onto somebody else. If they're and getting what ha- they want from him. Right. And when say, you have somebody who speaks as vaguely as Trump does, it's easy to be... It's it's like, um, um not Nosferatu, um, who's the guy who predicted shit. Nostradamus. Thank you. Uh-huh. Nosferatu was in the neighborhood. Close enough. No, like the, the his prophecies. Have some more wine. Shut up. Listen, <laughs> I've had a hell of a couple weeks, Hammett. I deserve <laughs> this wine. Um, well, um, um, going th- back to the... They're just written so vaguely that you can just pull whatever the fuck. That was my point. As Go I'm ahead. watching Hillary Clinton do her rounds after, now that her book is out too, <laughs> she is very specific about, you know, groups she condemns and uh, the people she's talking about and what countries are doing around the world. How do you respond to North Korea? Like, yeah. she is specific about these things. Criticize her all you want and stuff, but you're not going to get any equivocation on some of these things where there's really just one answer. Right. And you're right that the Trump, like I'm trying to please everybody. Yeah. And I mean, if Democrats are pouncing on that now, cause they can get something from him. That's the thing. Like, well, if he just wants a victory, we'll pretend we'll give him the lip service he wants since he seems to love that. But even that, like they, they said, Oh, like, Oh, he worked with us and we figured out DACA. And then he's like tweeting like, nah, <laughs> actually super. No, he's his own worst enemy. God, he's the fucking pits. Anyway, speaking of, I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, let me tell you about this one that involves Catholic hospitals. Cause we've talked about oh, those no, in the past. Catholic hospitals, but me it's out. a, it's a weird story because one of the problems with Catholic hospitals is that you have to, ad- well, my many problems, <laughs> you have to adhere to their rules when it comes to medical services, and their rules aren't based on what's good for the patients. Yeah. It's based on, are you following Catholic doctrine? God, so- it is 2017, <laughs> and hospitals are still like, One out of Jesus, every six though. beds, one out of every six beds in a hospital, uh-huh. in theory, in the entire country, okay. is Catholic run. Like, they are gaining. Catholic hospitals are taking over the country so all the secular hospitals in your community are very likely being gobbled up by Catholic, like, giant medical groups. But here's the problem. Yeah. We know this is a problem when it comes to, they don't do birth control. Yeah. They don't do abortions. Uh, if a woman has an ectopic pregnancy, they're not going to save her. Like, you have to go somewhere else if you need that. And not all women have that option mm-hmm. of going wherever they want to go to. So it's not about what's best for the patients. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is that Here's a story that in Eureka, California, there was a group of urologists who take care of men mm-hmm. and a Catholic, then uh, these were the only urologists in that county. They joined the St. Joseph Health Medical Group. Sounds Catholic. Yes, it is. <laughs> and because of that, they are no longer allowed to provide vasectomies to their male patients. And the cool. thing is... Really fighting that good fight, Catholic like, Church. I think according to whatever research I was oh reading, like of the eight physicians in that county that perform vasectomies, six of them don't do it anymore because now their bosses are basically the Catholic Church, people in the Catholic Church. And so think about this. The safest way, the safest way to make sure there are no unwanted pregnancies, to make sure there are no abortions, mm-hmm. they're taking that one off the table. Because if you're Catholic, you believe in family planning and you believe like, well, if you just have sex at the right time of the month, then everything will be fine. That's their version yeah, of safe sex. No Catholics have ever had an uh-oh baby. Yeah, no. Wait, I'm married to one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, <Is> that <laughs> he can't hear us. 
But that means like they're making they don't do tubal ligations either for right. women. And I mean they're making it more likely that more unwanted babies are gonna be born, which in a lot of these cases are gonna result in abortions, which goes back to what you were saying earlier. Like they're doing the very things that go against their stated goals. Yeah. It's stupid. And again, this is a vasectomy. Just... This isn't even in the world of everything's an abortion this isn't even you killing a baby yeah that's this is you preventing a pregnancy from taking place so what would the justification you are messing with god's design you're messing with god's design by having a vasectomy by saying but what about like oh if my appendix bursts like are they just gonna like like at what point why are you running a fucking hospital if you want god to like take the wheel on that because I don't know. Like, I feel like before hospitals, God had a lot of say and people lived to like 14 years old and they had like seven grandchildren by then. That's like, a fair point. It's, I... it's fucking garbage. It's fucking garbage. This, if you. <sighs> yes. Fuck. I, I don't know what the justification is why uh, sexual things have because, to be forbidden, but nothing ca- else is. But the that Catholic sounds... church is so obsessed with sex. So, you know why? Here we go. Here's another theory I've got. Go for it. It's because it's run by a bunch of 80-year-old virgins. And, like, you know how, like, teenage boys are? All they do is think about sex because they can't have it and they're not having it. So all they do is thinking about it and everything's preoccupied about sex. These guys have been doing that for 60 fucking years. And so all they can think about is, like, but banging, though. It's probably, it's probably pretty cool. <laughs> One explanation just... that's online is just you're messing with something that's not technically broken. Your appendix burst, you need medical help. But just wanting to get your tubes tied or your vasectomy, like, that, there was nothing wrong with it. You weren't going to die or something. So why are you messing with God's design? That's, hey, Hammond, uh, don't, we talk about I'm a lot of dumb shit them. on this podcast. That's the dumbest fucking thing <laughs> I've ever heard. Uh, God. So... The problem here is not just that these people are doing it in California. It's that this is what's happening in a lot of cities, which is that Catholic hospitals are taking over so many places and making it. And again, if you're a doctor, Uh this is kind of like job security. Like you have you're working for a large group. You can do more when you're part of a large group than just having a private practice where you Uh focus on one thing. You can do referrals to your colleagues in that group. So it's good for their business, but it's bad for the people that they're trying to serve. Yeah. What's the fuck? Who cares about the patients, after all? It's definitely about business. Capitalism is yeah, a super cool system. Yeah, what's the Hippocratic Oath? Do no harm, unless you're working at a Catholic hospital, in which case, mm, whatevs. No, capitalism and medical care definitely go well together. You said you wanted to end on a happy story or a Are deeply depressing, disturbing oh, story? Was that the last one? No. There's more depressing stuff. I got one more that I definitely want to bring Wait, up. Wait, hold the fucking phone. Uh-huh. Is this next one the last one? No. Oh. I thought you were going to end on this note when I specifically asked you not to end on a bummer. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll we'll end on on Ted Cruz. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, right. This is not that one. That's the light at the end of the um, tunnel. Uh, let's go uh, back a uh, year or two. Uh, Josh Duggar. I waited until you were about to take a sip before oh, I said that. Oh God, Hammond! I saw this headline on the blog, and I'm not sure if I can. okay. Go okay. Ahead. Okay. So Josh Duggar years ago, we know he long time ago basically molested his sisters. He did molest his sisters. The Duggars were on a uh, reality TV show oh, right. of a quiverful family. I don't yes. know if they used that. They had a million kids. Nineteen and kids and counting was the name of the show. Yeah, and then and the oldest brother. Josh, I think, is the oldest, and basically he molested four of his younger sisters and I think one of their friends. One of their friends, yeah. And this all came out. The police report 
came out in the public eye a mm-hmm. couple of years ago. I was obsessed and with reading about the this show story. was canceled. His life was basically over. There was more scandal attached to his name yeah, later because he but, ruined five people's lives. That uh-huh. moment, okay. But they only sued him. Like the only reason this became an issue is not because they like reported it when it happened, but because this became public. Because apparently he How went did it come pu- uh, in touch weekly. Uh, the news publication, which is not known as like the hard hitting journalism yes. outfit, they got the records from the police. They're like the Boston Globe, but national scale. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> they broke the news. No, and shit. what's happening now? This is where it gets a little strange. I mean, they published this stuff, and then it became an issue because then the girls had to talk about how come you didn't pursue this, and then Josh was sent to Christian rehab, which doesn't really do anything. Anyway, that's old news. Here's the oh, sorry, just yeah. quick. Um, what were the reports from from a doctor or from a therapist or from a priest? The police reports from when I think the cop was called over it or something. Because who some called the, the cop? I wonder. I don't know if it was the kids or the friend. It's been a long time since I looked yeah, into that. Yeah, no, part. I haven't either. Okay, so but so it's police. Okay, go ahead. The bigger story was that it became public, and that's what they were afraid of, mm-hmm. and that's when they lost everything. The family did. Now, what's going on now is the four sisters mm-hmm. are actually suing city officials, the police, the publishers of In Touch Weekly. Not, by the way, Josh Duggar, because he's family. They're suing all those other people for letting this become public. Like, the police shouldn't have given anybody their police report. The city officials shouldn't have made it public. The publishers of In Touch Weekly shouldn't have publicized it. They're mad that their private issue was made public. So they're arguing that you, this is a breach of privacy. It should okay. have been kept secret. I'm not against that. That is... De- I mean... If I, I aren't those like, police reports public record though? Are they? I don't know. We're not lawyers. No, I don't know. But like, I, okay, listen. I'm obviously not here to say anything besides if I were sexually assaulted and filed a police report about it, I wouldn't be super fucking thrilled if it was splashed across in touch weekly. That's a fair point. And th- what what I'm commenting on here, what we're talking about, is not whether their lawsuit is right or wrong, whether okay. the privacy was breached. Where it gets interesting is that Josh Duggar wants in on this suit because the argument is that publicizing this lawsuit ruined his life. Hi, victims. But like he wants in on this. But the sisters are telling the court, don't let his case be with ours because we don't want to see this guy. We don't want to deal with him. We don't want him sitting in court next to us. The lawyers for the sisters said... Deciding claims, based, um, deciding claims based on protecting victims of sex crimes from disclosure, while at the same time, having those claims consolidated with the perpetrator of those crimes will be confusing to the jury, Whoa. is their argument here. Ooh, that was a twist at the end I there, know, huh? I know. They don't want to confuse the jury because sure. you're saying, hey, this is the guy who molested me. Yeah, we're plebes, the victims. Can't we trust you? Jury can't understand why we're on the same side of this issue, so they want to do it separately. They actually... I'm sure I'm pretty fucking sympathetic for this <laughs> invisible jury. I know. Um, the, fa- the consolidation, they said, would undoubtedly give the false impression that the victims and the perpetrators are, quote, in this together. Jeez, yeah. The sisters actually said, we will be further traumatized if he's allowed to join our lawsuit. Yeah. And yeah. Like, you know what? Uh-huh. I get that. The... It would be adding insult to injury here. Jesus I don't know whether God. the claims that they're making are valid, but it's just a, it's just another twist in this already messed up story 
that all of a sudden Josh molested his sisters and now he wants to sue with them because this got public. And so he's like, hey, victims, let me side with you so that we could talk. What a we could fucking sue. monster. It's just messed up what all around. What a fucking monster. Like, you, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't even want to say anymore. Like, what, what has to happen for people to be like, oh, maybe like this super pure garbage and not telling kids about sex and letting them try to figure shit out on their own and not explain what sexual boundaries are or being told that every kind of sex is dirty. So like incest is no more or less sinful than it would. Like, when are we going to be like, Hey guys, that shit doesn't work. Like maybe, maybe just telling kids sex exists and that there are appropriate places and people with whom to perform it. Maybe that's better than just saying, hey, any sinful, any dirty thought you have, if you look at boobies, you're going to hell. (laughs) Yeah. 14-year-old boy. Like, good luck out there in the world. Like, it's just, like, why do we let this keep happening? Why do we let somebody who is... They live in a bubble. They live in this insulated world. They don't really, they don't want the outside world involved. So I think even going to the police would not necessarily be an option for a lot of women in that world who are the victims of this sort of thing. So they keep it to themselves or they only talk to a minister or something about it. And so this stuff continues. I mean, we see it continuing in those instances. Uh, I mean, it happens outside the bubble too, but at least we're talking about that. But you don't hear these stories all the time. Like that... I don't know, man. I just like. At what point are we gonna? At what point are reasonable people gonna come together and be like, "Hey, maybe we should be looking out for kids who should not be victimized by people in their own fucking family." Yeah. Like, hopefully, Josh just won't be able to join in on their suit and let them proceed Josh gets on their own. In fucking jail. That too. Let them do their lawsuits on fucking their own and see what happens. I do want, uh, this is unrelated to that, but I want to quote something that I just read yesterday. There is a guy named Rob Boston who works for Americans United for Separation of Church and State. He's been their communications director. I think that's mm-hmm. his title for many, many years. He's awesome. Uh, he's a guy I always go to if I need uh, advice on something or what do you think about this issue? Mm-hmm. I've gone to him for that stuff. He just wrote an essay about kind of his career in church-state separation when it comes to public schools. It was published in a journal called The Education, Law, and Policy Review. And I was reading this article yesterday, and there was a portion of it where he summarized kind of the history of prayer in schools and the response from the religious right. Like, how do they treat this issue? And I wanted to quote it to you because I was laughing hysterically as I was reading this thing. Um, And he says... I used to do a lot of talk radio. From that, I learned that lots of people cling to a story about religion in public schools that, while it confirms their pro-faith bias, has little connection to reality. (laughs) In a nutshell, the story goes something like this. We had prayer and Bible reading in our schools for hundreds of years. No one complained. Then a loudmouth atheist named Madeleine Murray O'Hare came along in the early 1960s, mm-hmm. possibly backed by Soviet Russia. She filed, <laughs> she filed a lawsuit to end prayer in schools. The super-liberal Supreme Court agreed, and since then, our public schools have been God-free zones. A kid can't even say, God bless you, if his friend sneezes. Yeah. This explains why we have so many school shootings. Again... <laughs> 
That's the religious right take on prayer in public schools in a nutshell. I love it. Oh, my um, God, that's so excellent. <laughs> and then, by the way, that's the rest of that good. article was spent debunking all of these myths because they are all myths. That is very, very uh, good. It's a very good article. We'll post that article for anyone who wants to read it. Oops, sorry. I it's all you. good. So anyway, that was entertaining. Huh. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm ready to go to Ted Cruz because yeah. where do you... Actually, before please? we do that, I just wanted to thank everybody for their nice words that I've... We've gotten some nice emails and some nice tweets, and I appreciate it, and... Your feedback's always appreciated. Yeah, it was very nice. I appreciate everybody's feedback. And it was confirmed that it was a suicide, and it was definitely a Catholic funeral. So there was just a lot of baggage going on there for Jessica. But, again, thank you. Um, I'm glad to hear that some people felt better hearing me talk about my own issues with depression, and I hope everybody's staying well. Let's talk about porn! <laughs> Good transition. Thank you. So Ted Cruz, a couple nights ago on his Twitter account, he liked a porn account, a video on a porn account. Apparently the Twitter account <laughs> just posts porn. you're about to get porn. really demure on me just now. Like no. a porn. No, no, no. They post videos, like porn videos on Twitter, which is weird because you don't usually... Really weird. Yeah. But he liked one of those videos, which... You're a senator. You're the Christian senator. You're the guy who loves telling other people what to do and not do in their bedrooms. And this is what you're doing at night? Interesting. Do we know what time it was? Because it was God, late at night. Oh, I was going to say, if it happened at like 3 in the afternoon, nope. it would just make my entire life. So here's the thing. If you want to watch porn, watch porn. Like, you do you, Mr. Cruz. Um... But, God, this is the funniest fucking thing that I've ever heard in my entire goddamn life. You know how easy it is not to like porn on Twitter? Do you know how many clicks you have to make to like it? Yeah. I don't like porn on Twitter literally every day of my entire <laughs> life. I have a 100% success rate. At not liking At those not tweets. liking porn. Yeah. Also, why would you want porn on your Twitter feed? Like, don't you check that shit at work? <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, it's like Donald Trump saying, I didn't mean to retweet this thing. You have to click twice to retweet something. It's not an accident. Yeah. And um, that <laughs> and liking... shit doesn't come up by accident. Yeah. So the funny so it was some of the comments. Porn video. It was one specific video. Can you tell me anything about this video? Uh, it involved, I think, two women and a teacher. God damn it. I was really hoping it would be gay porn. No. Like the, interracial gay the porn. The comment that I heard is, huh, he likes quote-unquote, normal porn, that's the strangest thing I know about Ted Cruz now because everything else about him is batshit crazy. <laughs> that's excellent. <laughs> that's so good. What is happening in the world? Yeah. Why do I know what kind of porn Ted Cruz likes? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. So, I mean, here's the thing about this. Oh, I wouldn't care. Nobody should care. Nobody cares what I mean, Ted Cruz I, watches in his private life, I, except Ted Cruz. No, I would care that a senator is so irresponsible with his <laughs> internet browsing that he accidentally liked something on his like public Twitter feed. I do think that that is fucking. Is he following suspect. this Twitter feed? I don't think he's following this Twitter so feed, which means he searched it out, yeah. or or. <laughs> He was watching a video and accidentally hit like the like button in the corner, which I assume they have. Which automatically feeds to your Twitter account? Maybe. I didn't know they do that. I know, like I feel like when you're watching like YouTube. Yeah. And like you can I can't like something automatically on YouTube where it just no. goes to my account and says I like it, but Well no, I'm just thinking like if I'm if I'm like on 
Jezebel or whatever, yeah. I can just hit like on Facebook and it'll just pop up to my Facebook. Oh, Maybe it's that. I'm giving him the benefit uh-huh. of the doubt on this, but dude, lock your shit down. <laughs> Use different accounts. Like I, this isn't difficult. I think he later blamed an intern or something. Sure. And again, this isn't about... <laughs> that would actually be even better. Which of Ted Cruz's interns is watching it? I mean, it's like some 19-year-old intern who's like <laughs> in his office jerking it. <laughs> this is all so good. There's nothing about this I don't love. And this, like... <laughs> it gets funnier the more you think about it. It does, because he's such an asshole. <laughs> And his face looks like that. And he's the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> Which you would think would lead to some more uh, non-traditional yeah, choices. Yeah, man, if he was viewing. watching, like, snuff porn. Right, ooh, that, that would have that made more sense. Yeah. But that's not he, what he was I do, doing. I, I will say, like, I'm a l- I am disappointed that that sounds like pretty white bread porn. <laughs> like, ooh, I wish he was going to some uh, weird shit. Mrs. Betty Bowers. The, yes. That, uh, Ted Cruz is a porn-again Christian. That was well good. done. Well done. Well done. Um, he's the Zodi hack killer. Come on. Zodi hack? Come on. He got hacked is what he was going to say. Oh. Yeah. All right. All right. That's not his best work. Um, and again, the, the so, bigger issue here is... Zodi whack killer. It's right there. That, they're that much better. Thank you. The issue isn't that he's watching this stuff. Uh. It's that he's moralizing about all of this stuff when anyone else does anything about sex. If you're a gay couple doing anything in your bedroom, he wants to stop you from doing it. He doesn't, he wants abstinence only sex education. He actually filed some sort of, I got to double check on this, but the headline said he's someone who passed a bill saying like he wants to stop you from masturbating. Oh, cool. Which again, I think that's a different, it's it's part of a bigger picture. That's not the whole story. And this is my favorite thing. Like, nothing makes me more gleeful. There's a very specific emotion I get that's like rage and glee. Mm-hmm. Glage, I'm going to call it. Sure. Anyway, that happens time and time again when these, like, old white dudes with, like, just metal rods shoved up their ass and who are so fucking obsessed with what everybody else is doing in the bedroom and in their personal time and in their personal space. And then they're always, time and time again, it's these dick bags who get caught, like, stripping the paper boy. That's not a reference. Or tapping their toes in the bathroom at the airport. And I cannot be more clear. Like, I do not give a flying fuck if these people are gay, but this weird self-loathing thing or, or this idea of, like, None of you should be doing these bad things. I do it, but it's... I mean, it's the same thing as, like, there's no such thing as... It's okay when I do it, but Right, there's no such thing as a moral abortion except for my abortion. Like, my situation is different. You're pervies. Like, (laughs) it's just... Oh, oh, no, I just pictured it. No! Say something else. I can't. Oh, his dumb face. Ted Cruz. Stop it. Do you think he wears the Zodiac pillowcase over his... You're having way too much fun with this. It's been such a hard couple of weeks, Evan. I needed this so bad. I've earned this. I've earned, this is like if I were if I were a believing lady, I would think that God gifted Ted Cruz liking porn on his public Twitter account, like into my hands, like a little golden dove. I was wondering whether he was going to get rid of that. Uh, the and intern. he left it up for a fucking minute. Yeah. 
But I guess he already fired his staff. His whole st- I'll be going home now. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, that was a lot for me to deal with. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I'm a dad. You are a dad. You're welcome. Have we congratulated you on the air for your baby? I'm tired. Don't congratulate me. He, he, he's a cute baby. Oh, no, yeah, because he was in the room last time I recorded. Your oh, baby yeah. has already heard me swear a lot. Hey, <laughs> that explains his first words. <laughs> Zodiac okay. killer. All right. All right. Let's do all the things. You can follow me at Twitter. I'm at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. I'm at Heaven Meta. Uh, <laughs> like us on Patreon friendly, at uh, Patreon.com plus Friendly Atheist Podcast. My Etsy shop is Bitches Get Stitched Done. Use offer code Atheist for, I think, 15% off. Maybe a different amount. I don't necessarily <laughs> remember. And I mentioned last week or two weeks ago the project I'm working on. Uh, it's a book project that's coming uh, out soon. We are so close to launching it. Uh-huh. Uh, wrapping up some loose ends. And, man, I can't wait to announce this to you. Uh-huh. Um, do we have anything else going on? Um, I should... Oh, we talked about Patreon. Oh, I might start to do a thing where I do some... Um, uh, some episodes that are Patreon only, like with my friend Anne again or with my brother. Um, so you can donate like a buck a month. And, and and you'll get access to just those episodes. Yeah. We already have one that I did with my brother a couple months ago, um, and I'm planning on a couple more soonish. Very cool. Um, I should say uh, for anyone, uh, in a couple of weeks, like mid-October, I'll be speaking at the PastaCon conference, which is in Pennsylvania somewhere. Uh, <laughs> my schedule right now is what's on, what, I, what am I doing in the next hour, and do I have to feed something? <laughs> so, so many mouths. I'll think about it more in two weeks. Can we go to Skepticon? Uh, it's during my coaching season, so oh. I can't go, but you should go. It's a really good conference. Can I go? Can, you can go. Can Friendly Atheist send me? Done. Yes. And Ross Blotcher is going to be there. <laughs> he keeps beating me at words with friends. Uh, and also, at the end of October, uh, I'll be giving a talk in Boston, ironically, because we were I, there long, not long ago. Yeah, I was. Um, so at the very end of Nobody October. Nobody asked me to speak anywhere. <laughs> finally came to get, and then I'm done for like the next several months while I coach stuff. Cool. So, okay. Well, guys, thanks all. thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time. All right. And we'll post all the information that we're talking about on the website. Specifically cool. that, te- that tech was born. <laughs> we'll post the in, video in its just entirety. for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>